Good morning, church family. Thought I'd make an awkward silence. It's one of my gifts, make things awkward for a moment. So, uh, get to come to you two weeks in a row and just letting you know that um, we did get out a little early last week and just to prepare you, even though we did beat the other churches to the restaurant, that those were rollover minutes. So we get, nobody cares. Okay. Okay, I'm giving them all to Pastor Luke then, and we'll, so uh, Thanksgiving is upon us, and I'm so thankful that our church uh, just bountifully gives what the Lord gives, and uh, we have over 200 meals headed out on Thanksgiving Day to our community, and 170 are spoken for, so it's awesome. We have over over 36 volunteers coming to serve and deliver and just thank you all and hey if you need thanksgiving you want some turkey plans change things are different uh please call us there's still meals available i don't want to eat 30 meals but i will so uh just letting you know our church is uh so wonderfully blessing the community and what you guys are a part of that Okay, let's go home. No. <laughs> so uh, Colossians chapter 3, in fact, uh, we've been going over each of these references you'll see here, meekness and humility, and we've been going over this in junior high on Wednesday nights. So for them, it's kind of a review, but they more got a word study here. We're going to get an encouragement on how to thank God. And how we should, and why we should, and when we should. And that's going to happen about verse 15, 16, and 17. So when we get there, you'll know. But for right now, let's stand and let's read Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 9. It says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that pierces, it washes, it cleanses, Lord, you are an amazing God. We ask 
that you break through to our hearts, through our hearing, through your power, your strength, your spirit, Lord. There's no other way. Thank you that you speak to each of us. And thank you, Lord, that you love us right where we are. But you love us enough not to keep us there. Bring your transforming word, power, and strength. Help us to yield every part of us over to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you again for your wonderful deeds to men. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, I'd like to go down verse by verse. I know we just read it, so I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to share with you kind of some highlights, and then we're going to get down to giving thanks, and we're going to have some fun. Nobody's excited. All right. Thank you. I knew you were with me. I got one of us. All right. The first part, it says, do not lie. So in order to get you warmed up, that we're, this is communication. It says, do not lie. Who is the father of lies? Okay, good job. See, we're already participating. And Satan is the father of lies. So Paul right here just challenges us right away. Stop it. What team, what team are you on? Lying should be the furthest thing right away. Right? If we're on Jesus' team, don't lie. And then here's the hard part. Lying to myself. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yep. Thumbs up, everybody. How? Do not lie. I don't want to be on his team. I don't even want to be on his team and any falseness, anything in my, even my own head or my own life. And he challenges us, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And Paul, in, the, in diving into this, Paul says, taking off like clothes or garments that are just good for the trash. You got me? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have clothes that are only good for the trash. You know that? Maybe you do. Maybe I don't know if you do. I have done enough sewer cleanouts in my life to rent a sewage snake. Bill, are you with me? You got clothes that are just good for the rubbish heap, right? In fact, I want a Snickers and a Pepsi when you're... Never mind. Okay, we'll talk. One of your workers owes me. Yeah. I was helping them. They couldn't get it. Yeah, we'll talk later. We don't want your insurance to... Okay, so... I have clothing in my house that's literally just set apart. You guys, some of you farmers, you got chore clothes, right? You just go out in those and they just get. And when you're done, they gone, right? Okay, this can be a long time, guys. We need, need some of you to speak up. Okay. This is how we should walk as Christians. That old self, where should it be? Gone. But am I lying to myself that it really is? Am I lying to myself? And then we start to read on. It says, now put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And this is Jesus Christ. Putting on the new self is Jesus Christ. 
There's no other way to receive God's divine spirit in you than to walk through Jesus Christ and get that new life. We call it new creation, salvation. Some of you just received it last week. New creation. And if you're walking in that new creation, are you lying to yourself that you're doing it, a bang-up job at it? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for being honest. At least you got that one. The new self, the new creation is after our God. The first Adam had it. Adam and Eve had it. They walked with God. They talked with God. They saw Him. And here they are, God's crown of the creation, fellowshipping with God. And you know what they did? They ruined it for all of us. But you know what Jesus did? Restoration. That new creation in us, that Christ in us, that Holy Spirit in us, is now the same crown of creation that it was at the first Adam. Romans calls it the last Adam, which is Jesus. Maybe I'm the only one getting excited about it. How do I reflect this then? Right? I have this new life, this new creation in me. God's telling me to put off those old ways. And you know what happens? I'm always putting them back on. And God's like, no, no. Hey, hey there. I won't tell you the name he calls me in my head. Okay. What are you doing? We run back to those natural Men, those natural, I can't say women for myself, but we run back to those natural human beings that we are. And we have this great new life in Christ. How many of you have that? Okay, then I can move on. If you don't have that, do you know nothing else should matter in your life? If you do not know today that you have the new life, that you are in Christ, that Christ is being renewed in you every day, this is perpetual, this is under construction, forgive me for under construction, because sometimes that old man comes back and God has to say, okay, bring the bulldozer, right? If you don't know that you have that, nothing else should be okay in your life. I hope you're here, you're hearing it, and you're so uncomfortable that you run to it. Because it is the greatest treasure this whole world has to offer, and that's Jesus. And with knowing him, life becomes meaningful. It becomes amazing to live out, no matter what comes your way. Verse 11, it says, Here there is not Greek and Jew, Circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. And I like this right away because right away there's divisions. And I don't know if you watch the fear news and everything going on. It's all about divisions. It is all about it. And here Paul is writing to all of us and them at that time. A Greek was like the hoity-toity, richie, richie. That if you didn't speak Greek, then you were a barbarian. Right? So everybody that spoke Greek, I mean, they're like, oh, you don't speak, I won't talk to you. You don't speak Greek. I don't even know what they sound like. 
I won't even make you a pizza, right? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's Italian. You guys, stop helping me. Okay. <laughs> the Greeks, the hoity-toities, and then we have the Jews, right? Oh, if you're a Jew, now you have to separate from the Greeks. They are Gentiles. We are Jews. In fact, uh, we won't even go near you guys. We don't want to hang out with you. You think there's some division? What about, go another step. They're ceremonially clean. I'm circumcised. You're uncircumcised. You're a Gentile. I won't even go near you. Division line. Even in the temple, a Gentile could come to the Lord and be in the temple and have to stay in the outer court. I can't even come near. Hallelujah for Jesus to come near. Because I'm a Gentile. I'm not the hoity-toity. But then it goes on. It says circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, which we just classified the Greeks was a derogatory term to anybody that didn't speak Greek. You're just barbarian. And then the Scythians are like the Vikings of the day. They're pillaging. They're, they're warlike. They were considered just a little hair above an animal. Yeah, you think there's division? We haven't even entered into the next part. It says slave or free. Now, if you're a slave man, what kind of rights do you have? Nothing. If you're a free man, you're like, well, I can't hang out with the slaves. I'm not one of those. Man, if we could understand what Paul is telling, Christ is all in all. There's no more division. There's no more ceremonial clean. There's no more nationality. There's no more color. There's no more creed in between you. It is Christ and that's it. Do you have him? And if we have him, why aren't we inclusive? Hey, we got Christ. He's for who? And all. How many did God say he'd die for? How many does God want to come to repentance? Why are we divided? We have a spirit of unity in us, church, family, people, that we come together, we go out, let's get them all. Let's drag them in here. I don't know if they'll come that way, but I'm going to try it this week. <laughs> you guys are still helping. Okay. Just to say this and to remove all the division lines, isn't this what the message we need to hear as a nation, as a world? It's not about the color, the creed, the ceremonial, the cultural, the social, the financial. Anything you put on it, it's just Christ. Are you my brother or are you about to be my brother? Are you my sister or can I tell you how to be my sister? Right? Every opportunity. So 12 tells us, put on then as Christ's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Here comes the lineup. If we're in Christ, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. We have a new wardrobe. We have a new man. We have a new way that we should be waking up every morning and putting it on. And when I tell people about baptism, it's not just something we did on one Sunday at some point. 
It's something that we ask God to help us to do every day. Lord, let me be buried with you this morning so that I can walk in the newness of life that is Christ. Right? Am I the... Okay. Putting on Christ is going to have some results. You know what it is? You're going to be patient. Putting on the old self of Seth? I'm just grumbling. Why are you wait? Why are you taking so long, lady? Putting on the new? Lord, what opportunity do I have right here to show your light? Right? You see? So I won't go down the word study with all of the qualities that should be flowing from his people. Bearing with one another in 13. It says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. Right here, I think, for me, it, it was the biggest mountain I had in my life, in my Christian walk. And you know what? As soon as God redeemed me and gave me his new life, you know what the very next thing he was wanting and pressing on my heart already? Forgiveness. You've got to walk over and forgive that person that hurts you deeply. And right away, you know what starts happening? No. What? Matthew 6, 14 and 15 tells us that if we do not forgive, we are not... Oh, you know it too? If I don't forgive, I'm not forgiven. God tells us, if you forgive those, I will forgive you. If you do not forgive those, I will not forgive you. And here I am with a new life, and I'm like, no, Lord, I can't do that. And you know what? That pressure didn't stop until I said, yes, Lord. I remember going to the Christian bookstore. See, it was still in existence. There was a card on their bookshelf that said, forgive it simply just had the meaning. That's it. Just like a little playing card. I bought that. Went up, knocked on the person's door, and handed it to him. I said, this is the meaning. I don't know how to live this out. But I need to give it to you. Because I have to forgive you. And I don't know how. Will you help me? I don't even know what to do right now, but give you this card. This is the meaning. I'm going to try and live it. And you know what? The weight. Oh, the weight that could come off of you when you're obedient to follow Christ in you living out the way in which he tells us to live. Because you know what? It's not natural in here. The old me is, okay, that guy did you wrong. Let's secretly cut his brake line. Right? Right? <laughs> Was that too far? Am I the only one that's thought this or what? (laughs) Apparently. Thanks, Martha. See, the old self is when you do me wrong, I'm going to do what? You wrong. Right? But Jesus says, no, Seth, the new life in you is to bless those. Pray for them. 
do good to them. Oh, no, I got to buy them new brakes, not cut them. See, that's not natural. Are we living it? Don't lie. Don't lie to yourself. This is the trap. Yeah, Lord, he says it. That's great. Ain't none of us doing it. Or why not? I've got the new life. I've got Christ in me. The hope of glory right here. He didn't give me a spirit of fear to cower back. He gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind to say, okay, Lord, this isn't natural, but let's go. And then watch him live it out in you. Does this start to invoke your praise? He is going to produce something in you that you cannot produce yourself. Do you, do you know we can't even love right? I'll speak for me. I can't speak for you. I'm selfish, and I want what I want. And the old Seth says, hey, I'm going to only love you to see what I can get out of it. And God says, no, you have the new life. You have to love them no matter what. Don't expect anything in return because that's the kind of love we're called to. Okay, I feel like I'm sharing my laundry. But we got a new life. Moving forward, we have the forgiveness that God has given us to hand out. Verse 14, it says, And above all, putting on this love, which is agape love. It's divine. It binds them all together in perfect harmony. Divine love, self-sacrificing love. This is Jesus to us. <laughs> what a joy that he starts to produce that type of love in us. Has anybody... Well, okay. I get it wrong a lot. I see my old self rise up and God's like, hey, nice try, buttercup. That's what he called me. <laughs> nice try. You didn't even let me in. You didn't even let me try. You didn't even bring me the issue so that I could show my divine love through you. Oh, you're right, Lord. I did it in my own power, my own strength. Help me to do it your way. And this perfect love that I know I can run to and he cleanses and he washes and he sets me up and lets me try again. Is the same love that he has for you and for the whole world. Verse 15. I'm going to get stuck and run out of my minutes. Okay, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called, in one body. And be thankful. This peace, in a word study, this peace right here is talking about ruling. This is a umpire you think of an umpire always ruling what's right, what's wrong, the peace of Christ should be the umpire, dictator, whatever is going on, arbitrator, whatever decisions you need to make in your life, you know what needs to be hovering over it? The peace of Christ saying, yep, that's in, that's good, that's good. Nope, that's out. Nope, that's removing the peace. You got me? We have a peace that passes understanding and yet somehow we're quivering and wavering under fear. 
we have a peace in our hearts that rules and says, yep, that's the peace of Christ. Oh, here comes something. Oh, that's not the peace of Christ. Reject it. That umpire also leads us to the next one, 16. We're going to get there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is saturate you, teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms. And now I will stop and sing to you. Oh, whoa, no, no. You, my dogs start howling. My wife says, please stop, please stop, please stop. But it's joy in my heart to Jesus and it's torture to everybody else. But here's what he says, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now this, the words that saturate us so much that it produces this song and melody in your heart. How many of you have sung that hymn? In my heart there rings a... With... See, I'm making you sing now. <laughs> now it's going to be stuck in your head. The, the harmony that we have in the... The peace that we have should produce a thankfulness. And on a word study of thankfulness, it, the word thankfulness in Hebrew is tada. Tada. Thankful. Right? I hope you hear that bell go off in your head now. And that is the form of the word tada. And then the simplest form of the word is yada. Y A D A, not Yoda. I know you're yada. I know you were thinking it because I did too when I heard it. Yada is the simplest form of the word, and you know what it means to catch, or sorry, it means to throw, and it means now I can't remember. That's why I have an example to throw or to cast. I kept wanting to say catch. So, who's sleeping? Point him out. <laughs> I got a good arm, so I can hit the person next to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> this now has you all scared. This form of the word also means acknowledgement, confession, and praise. Are you following me? So, thankfulness in my heart also means confession, acknowledgement, and praise. What am I going to acknowledge? Sometimes I need to acknowledge my shortcomings. Lord, you saw that rubbish heap of clothes that should be in the garbage that I just put back on. It's good for nothing. I acknowledge what you saw. I confess that I handled that wrong. You got me? Sometimes it's acknowledgement, confession. And then other times it's praise. It's thankful. So I need, yeah, Stephen. Because those lights are blinding. I can't. So if you're me, no, let's, let's, you're God. Just pretending. His wife is like, no. Okay. So every circumstance, do you think God is sovereign and can bring it into your life? Every single thing? And God is going to bring something into your life. 
Are you going to praise? Acknowledge? Confess? Lord, this is such a hard thing, that person that is annoying me. Not named Stephen. That person, give me the patience. Help me to glorify you. And God will bring you into another circumstance, another situation, and it'll come your way. You see, he's a good train. He's trainable. Lord, I don't want this one. This is pain. But no matter what, you've ordained it in my life, and so I want to thank you for it because obviously you can use this to shape me. I'm under construction. So I praise you for the pain, and I want to glorify you in it. Help me. And then God's going to bring you something else. He's going to bring you, name, give me one of yours, because I'm getting tired of giving you mine. Yeah. Oh, he brought me a gift. Wouldn't it be cool that God would give us the gift of his word, what he wants? (laughs) Lord, help me to saturate my life with it. It should cause me praise. Every time anything comes into my life, I should instantly take it, Say, thank you, Lord, for it, and help me to glorify you in it. But here's often what we do. God throws us some all. He throws us a bunch. Like, Lord, why did you give me all this? I can't live life. I'm just so... I can't go to that church. I can be around those people. This hurts. I'm not happy with you. I don't want these. Why are you doing this? This, holding them on, holding on to it all, anxiety, depression, sadness, overwhelmed, weighted down, I don't know, whatever you got going on, I don't know, but if you're carrying it, Jesus says, come to him, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened, and he gives us rest, that peace. Here's the other thing. I get to also confess. God will have something that he wants to bring into my life. And the devil will have something that he wants. You're welcome. The devil will want to bring sin into my life, doesn't he? The world wants me to not praise God. And God doesn't tempt any man, but the world around us will throw things at us too. Do you know that? It will throw sin at us carefully. (laughs) And you know what the Bible tells us to do? If you saturated your life with it, it says that God tempts no one. And God does not allow anyone to be tempted beyond what he can handle, but gives us a door and escape. Lord, I can't handle this temptation that's being thrown at me. Will you overpower it? And can I glorify you in it? And then other things will come at us from enemies. They'll throw it at us and they'll curse us and we'll say, I want to curse you back too. But Lord, can I pray for them? Can I help them? And then some of you are like this. God has all these things coming at you at one time. That was more than one time. And Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I can't handle all of this. I give them back to you. (laughs) 
everything the Bible tells us is everything. And this is verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God through him. The Bible tells us when should we give thanks? In all circumstances. How should we give thanks? For every single thing. Are we? Don't lie to yourself. There are things I know that I'm not thankful for. I've never been thankful that I was an addict. The only time I finally was thankful is when God used it to rescue someone from hell. And then I was like, oh, Lord, you can use all my trash and my junk? Have at it, bro. (laughs) Thanks, Stephen, for sitting there. He didn't even know this was going to happen. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.20, we are to give thanks for all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in every situation, thank God. Are you ready to worship him? Are you ready to sing? Not me. I'm just saying it together. And whatever we're going to do, church, whether it's the words of our mouth, the deeds of our hands, let's praise him with all we got. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you challenge us to let you reign in this new life, to rule to subdue, to be our master, to be our Lord, our Savior. Father, help us to thank you for every circumstance. Help us to praise you in everything we find ourselves in. And Lord, let us run to confession. Run to the altar and just lay down the burdens, the sins, the things that hold us back from a holy, pure God. And thank you that you are faithful and you wash us and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we acknowledge that you are amazingly good. Help us to praise you for all of your goodness and your wonderful deeds to men. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing Jesus Messiah. And the altar is open. We'd love to pray with you. Grab someone if you need some prayer.